Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. A study published a couple of years ago stated that breast cancer has replaced lung cancer as the most commonly diagnosed cancer worldwide, accounting for one in eight diagnoses. And it says in the next 20 years, the breast cancer rate is expected to increase nearly 40%. Wow. Our guest today was diagnosed with breast cancer, but refused conventional treatment, even though her doctor said she would die if she didn't listen to him. Well, she didn't die and she didn't listen to him. She began taking cannabis oil and is now cancer-free. And joining us from California is Trang Doan. Trang, thanks very much for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, your mother died of cervical cancer in 2015 at the age of 58. And one year later, you were diagnosed with breast cancer. What went through your mind at the time? I was scared for my life. Um, I didn't know what to do, but you know, I know that I know it. I know that I didn't want to do chemo because my mom did everything the doctor said, and she's still not here with us. So I searched the internet, and me and my husband—he was going through his own health issues, so he already knows about Eastern medicine, plant medicine. So mm-hmm. he was he was on board with me. I had his support. So that's basically what we did. I turned away everything the doctor told me to do. And I just took my health into my own hands. And and that's what we did. And here you are today. Right. Now, when you went to the doctor, did you have any idea that you might have breast cancer? No, not at all. I found the lump myself. I, it was uh, smaller than a quarter. I found the lump and, you know. Same routine. I did a biopsy a week later. They called me a day before Thanksgiving and told me all over the phone that I had breast cancer. Wow. Tell me about the conversation you had with your doctor when he diagnosed you with breast cancer. It wasn't even the doctor. They just nurse called me and and was like, hey, you have cancer. And I'm like, I was at work. I was I was stunned. The first thing that she wanted me to do was talk to the oncologist. And I'm like, hold up. Like, I, I, I still didn't have time to like filter this in yet. And, you know, and mm-hmm. even process the news. It was crazy. And how, how they just immediately wanted me to just jump and just do chemo right away. And mind you, this is the day before Thanksgiving. So it was, it was crazy to me. I find that amazing that the doctor wouldn't have called you or the office didn't call and say, make an appointment or at least have your physician talk to you for starters. What a way to receive the news over the phone while you're at work. Mm-hmm. Did they say, did they tell you what stage it was, Trang? They did not tell me the stage. They told me the grade. They told me that it was, it was grade three. And I keep on wanting to know the stage, but I, I research and I, and I, I think that it's stage one, stage two can't be, there was no lymph nodes or it didn't, really spread throughout my body yet. So I don't think I'm more than stage two, but they would not give me what stage I was in, which I thought was odd. 
Was this hormone driven? ER, ER positive, PR positive. At her two negative. They didn't say anything about her too. I didn't know anything about her too. And so I was listening to your podcast about other people getting her too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you went to the doctor, he recommended a double mastectomy, radiation yes. and chemo. Yes. Which sounds pretty drastic given that you had this little lump in your breast. Right. How did you respond to his comment or her comment? I got really upset with him once he said, oh, you know, if you don't do the chemo, the radiation and what I suggest, you're going to die. And I asked him about, you know, he he shut down nutrition. He shut down everything else. And then once he said, you, if you don't do this, you're going to die. There's nothing else to talk about. And that's when it just triggers something inside of me. I was so upset. I was like, look, my mom did everything and she still died of cervical cancer. She fought for 12 long years. I saw her losing her hair. I saw her looking like a skeleton and she still didn't make it, you know? So I was like, this is not what I'm going to do. And I I was like, I will see you in a year. And if I can't beat this the way I want to beat it, then I will come back and I will do everything you ask of me. But other than that, I'm going to give myself time to heal. And I just storm out of there with my husband. And, you know, and that's what we did. I took my time off for a year. I did RSO. I did juicing. I did everything plant-based. I did Fakodian mushroom, cordyceps, reishi mushroom, and mostly RSO. I did suppositories because I was working and I couldn't be high, uh, you know, during the day. Mm-hmm. So we did. I went back a year later just as I promised the doctor and he refused to do surgery on me. He's like, Nope, I'm not going to do surgery on you. So I fired him, found another doctor. He did a lumpectomy and we tested it and it was clear. No cancer. The nurse was stunned. She's like looking through my, she was looking through my file. She's like, are you sure you didn't do chemo? I was like, yes, I am sure. (laughs) And that was it. Good on you. Now, did you do high THC? I did. Indica okay. Indica Did you do a mixture of strains, Trang? I want to say I don't think it was a mixture. My uh-huh. my friend just like, here you go. We support you, you know. And at yeah. the time, I mean, it, recreational weed Proposition sixty four was basically passed on November eighth of you know two thousand sixteen, and I got my diagnose on November twenty third two thousand sixteen. So you know, it was a game changer for me, and I just took took it off and I, I just ran with it. Good for you. Now, when you did these suppositories, when you first started to dose, did you start out right out the gate at say a gram or did you start out very small and build up? How often were you taking it, please? I had to start out small. I started with a grain of rice. I, I did my research. I followed Rick Simpson's protocol. I started out with a half a grain of rice and then I increased it every couple of days orally. And then I also hit it with the suppositories too when I'm at when I'm at work during the day. How many how many suppositories did you do a day? I did about three, so I break it out every eight hours. What a girl! You're ticking all the boxes there, Trang. <laughs> <laughs> I also think too. So I I brought a, a vaporizer and I smoked. I did everything. I did orally smoking and suppository. I hit it every direction. So your husband made the oil for you, did, did he? He did. He's he's my hero. He supported me. 
Yeah, we are definitely pro cannabis. Had he ever made oil before? No, he we we follow Rickson's protocol online step by step. You're doing everything that you should be doing, and it's very commendable. Thank you. I also have a cousin that's in actually she's an ultrasound tech, and during that year that I was you know doing my own protocol, she actually was taking the image for me on my breast. And I can see that the cells were like changing and it started to look normal, like the other cells that aren't affected by the cancer. So you you knew you were headed in the right direction then? Yes, because I started seeing the image and it started getting, it was at first it was, it was dark, right? The cancer cells look dark in the ultrasound. And then Mm -hmm. time progressed, the images look lighter and lighter and it started to look normal, just like on the normal area where cancer didn't exist. So that's how I monitored what I was doing. Yeah, monitored your progress, yeah. How long did it actually take? Did it take the entire year for you to get rid of that or did you just wait that year and then go back? I waited that year because that was the time frame that I told a doctor that I was right. going to get myself. Right. But I felt so good. I felt great. I lost about 20 pounds. You know, mm-hmm. just what I did and I didn't lose my hair from it. Nobody knew I had cancer unless I told them. I didn't even tell my family I had cancer because they just lost my mom and I didn't want to burden them with that news too. So I kind of just did my own thing with my husband and my, my girls. I told my girls because they were scared for me. They were like, are you going to lose your hair like grandma? Or are you, are you going to die like grandma? And I, I had to, you know, rest assur- tell them to rest assurance to them that no, I'm not, I'm not doing what grandma is doing. So I'm not, I'm not going to be losing my hair. I'm not going to look like, I'm not going to look sick like grandma. So I had to explain that to my kids. Yeah. You were only 32 years of age when you were diagnosed, which is awfully yes. young. Yes. Was there ever any doubt, Trang, that this would work for you or were you pretty darn confident? I was pretty darn confident because. I found God and I asked God for another way and everything pointed to this. Everything pointed to plant medicine and cannabis is a plant. So I, I had never, I never had any doubt. Maybe in the beginning, right? Cause I was scared and, you know, I didn't know where, what direction I was going. But once I found a direction, I was very confident. So, Trang, you did all these things in a year, and you said earlier that you'd go back and see the doctor in a year. Did you do that? Oh, yeah, I did. What did he say? He refused to do surgery on me because I wanted to do surgery to make sure that, you know, I don't have cancer. And I was like, is there any type of test that you can do for me so that I can test and make sure if I still have cancer or not? Like, I need to make sure or I do chemo, right? And he's like, there's no test. Can we just confirm something here? Because I can see the look of confusion on uh, Ian's face. And just for listeners, et cetera, when you're saying you want the, you wanted the doctor to do surgery on you, am I correct in saying that what you wanted him to do was a biopsy? Yeah. Or did you actually want a mastectomy? Uh, no, I did not want a mastectomy. I, at least okay. the very least is like a lumpectomy. So that, you know, because in my mind, in my head and in my gut, I know I'm cancer free. I know that, but I wanted to see if the hospital and the doctor can can give me that result, right, without doing the drastic mastectomy or the chemo. And he refused to do a lumpectomy 
because that's what I wanted to do. I want to do a lumpectomy. And I found another doctor, basically, because that doctor would not do it. Yeah, and what did the but other doctor do? He did everything I asked him to do for me because it's my body. And he did the lumpectomy for me. And the results came back as NED, no evidence of disease. And he was interested. He was like, okay. He was listening to my story. And he's like, oh, okay, cannabis. And he seems like he was very interested in it. And I came back and I've seen him and, you know, it's kind of like they're not allowed to, you know, talk about it. Mm -hmm. Was there a difference in ages between your first doctor and your second doctor? I think not by much, not by oh, much. Okay. Maybe five years if, if I were to guess. No, I'm just wondering if the first doctor was an older doctor and, the, and your second doctor was a younger doctor who was more familiar with uh, the benefits of cannabis? No. No. I don't think there's a drastic age difference where, you know, that would be the case. I think the other doctor was just way too aggressive and was like, nope, my way or the highway. He mm -hmm. was not listening to what I wanted. Tell me what the nurse said when she saw there was no evidence of disease. She was flipping through my file and making sure that I didn't do chemo. She was like, are you sure you didn't do any chemo? I was like, yes, I'm sure I did cannabis. And right when I say the word cannabis, it's kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. They just kind of brush it off. Like, oh, okay, well, we'll see you in a year. You know, make sure you come back and get your, get your um, screening. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't like going to the doctors. I really like, it dramatizes me. I don't like going, seeing the doctors about my cancer, I just, I just continue to do my maintenance dose, to be honest with you. How much of a maintenance dose are you doing? I still do suppositories. I do one every night. Great. And I want to say only about 50 milligram. What do you suggest? Well, you know, it's kind of all over the map. Trang, I'm, Rick Simpson used to say, uh, once you're clear a gram a month, I feel like, and I've often said to cancer patients, you worked real hard to get to NED. I say err on the side of caution. I generally tell patients if they're able to, to do between two and three grams a month. Okay. Yep. Just to be on the safe side, you know. I, I've certainly observed on a number of occasions, Trang, when people when people stop doing maintenance, it comes back. It'll come back with a vengeance. I just had this happen with a bladder cancer guy of mine, and he's been clear for years, quit doing his maintenance, and boom, it's back. So, yeah, I say err on the side of caution, you know. Did he do chemo before, though? Or no. Did he no chemo, no radiation, nothing. All he did was oil, but he stopped it, and that's what happened. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he, we've You're talked gonna to people. going to have to take this for life. So, you know, yeah. yeah, well, part of the reason that we're getting sick and individuals get sick is because we are not getting enough cannabinoids. That's right. the whole issue, you know, right. so it's all about maintaining because, your you know, health. Our endocannabinoid system, our nervous system and our immune system is what are the weapons in our system that fights all types of diseases. Right. So people what what people need to know is that they need to bulk up and make their internal system strong to fight these cancer cells off for them, you know, mm -hmm. instead of putting things inside their body that's harming it. 
Turing, you did a variety of things. You know, you did some mushrooms, you did oil, et cetera. What mm -hmm. would you consider to be the most important things to be doing? I think that the, the cannabis for sure, the RSO, mm -hmm. that number one, you, we, we, we know, right? Everybody that's sharing their story that taking cannabis personally knows that it's the, it's the cannabis that kills the cancer cells and it has to be full plant. It has to be, you can't just be, you know, single out one cannabinoid. It has to be yeah. full plant. Isolate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Full plant medicine for sure. Well, I think one of the things you're doing, which is correct, and Corey's pointed this out on some previous podcasts, is that you're taking a suppository at night. And didn't you say a couple of weeks ago, Corey, that uh, cancer tends to grow more quickly at night? Yeah, this is uh, fairly new information. <laughs> cancer is far more aggressive and active at nighttime, particularly breast cancer. Wow. Yeah, but all cancers are. So that's why we've incorporated, like, you know, when we're treating somebody who's actively fighting cancer now, we've incorporated a third rectal dose at night for that very reason. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I think that it's because probably your system is at rest and it's it's time to basically get stronger and attack you, right? So, yeah. So I think dosing at night, putting in your medicinal, you know, supplements and things like that at night will be great to give its defense. Trang, do you still continue to follow a really healthy diet? And do you still continue to take your various supplements, the mushrooms, etc.? I do. My husband is, he will make me take supplements every single day. He will remind me, he's like, he will remind me to take my maintenance dose. He will remind me to take my supplements. So he is still on me about it. So as far as Christian, we weren't as crazy as before, you know, with being vegan and vegetarian. We eat meat again, but when we do eat meat, we try to, you know, eat grass-fed beef. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're not majorly crazy like before when we were fight when I was fighting cancer. We try to be mindful of what we put in our body. I think of all the interviews we've done, you seem to have, as Corey said, ticked all the boxes. <laughs> and you, you, yes. you're, do, you're doing all the right things. No wonder you're cancer free. Because yes. she was like a Rottweiler with a bone. I mean, she had it all. <laughs> right. okay? yeah. I, had all I had all the information. I was like, oh. yeah. excellent. Yeah, I mean, Great. Telling the doctor to uh, essentially take a hike and you'll clear this yourself. You don't need his opinion or his methods because it didn't work for your mother. Can you imagine if your mother had taken cannabis oh, oil? I wish I knew what I know now, like when she was going through it. I wish I knew this. She would still be here. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I, I mean, dying of 58 of cervical cancer. How long did she have this cancer before she passed? 12 years. 12, 12 years. So she was only 46 when she got it. 46. And you know how she found out? She was no. pregnant with my sister. My sister, my sister. She had my sister at 46. My sister has Down syndrome and she was pregnant with her. Oh. She had a pap smear and it came out irregular. And that's how she found out she even had cancer is because my little sister. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been incredibly difficult for her. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. She, she knew she thought she was doing the right thing. Um, you know, she... 
she did the chemo, everything the doctor said. And, you know, like she even kept it from us that she was terminal so that she can do her last round of chemo. That's how strong strong she was. Yeah. So that's how strong she was. She, she had, she had to pull it through her last round of chemo. And that's when she lost her mobility. She wasn't able to walk anymore because by that time the cancer spread to her spine. So the last week of her life, she, she was, she was immobile. Mm. Yeah. It was incredible. She's the reason why I didn't do conventional treatment. Trust me. Because if, if it wasn't for her, I would probably like be like everyone else, you know, and just do what, do what your doctor tell you. Stop being stubborn, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an incredible story. The oil that you take, does your husband take oil as well? You mentioned earlier that he had some health issues. He didn't take the oil, but he take, he, he takes them with me. But when he was going through his own medical condition, it's called uveitis, where like your immune system thinks your eye is infected and it attacks it. So the doctor would give him steroids just to mask his symptoms. Mm-hmm. And luckily, his chiropractor does Eastern medicine, and she actually made a uh, plant-based medication for him. And that helped him, and that went away. Or else he, he could have lost his eyesight. What was it called again, Trang? Uveitis. Uveitis. Yeah, it took us two weeks to even diagnose what he got. He got. All the doctor was like, oh, he probably has a pink eye. Oh, he probably has glaucoma. And finally, we went to a doctor, a apothemologist, I think. And they, she finally said, oh, no, it's uveitis. So I think it's just him stressing out is from stress, from work. And um, she treated basically internally, telling him to cut out certain foods and take this medicine that she made for him. And they, it was basically like plant-based herbs and things like that. Just mm-hmm. like can- cannabis is like a herb, right? So mm-hmm. that's what she did for him. He already believes in like cannabis and, and plant medicine. So, How long did it take before this condition that he had disappeared? It took probably two weeks. Oh. But now he still has floaters in his eyes. If he didn't treat it in time, he would have more floaters and or he would have lost his eyesight. Well, I occasionally get floaters, too, but uh, yeah, they go away. No, his doesn't. It's 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 floaters from the scarring. that. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, you've got to remind him to take his medication. (laughs) He takes his supplements all the time. I think he's good. (laughs) And and I, I learned how to stress manage. And I think that's number one, too, is like you got to learn how to manage your stress. You have to exercise, meditate, take mm-hmm. walk, whatever it is, because stress kills. And I think we learned that, you know, going through both of us going through our medical condition. So, Trang, one thing that uh, really was very complimentary from you to us is that during your issue in 2017, you started listening to our podcasts. Oh, yes. And did they help you at all? Oh my gosh, more than you know. It kept me going. It kept it kept it gave me hope that I'm going in the right direction. So your podcast is one of the reasons that gave me hope and let me know that I'm going in the right direction because hearing everybody else's story um that beat cancer before me with cannabis it just gave me the fuel to keep going and do what I've been doing and what I need to do to fight this cancer. So 
your podcast has helped tremendously. Well, well that's great. Thing, and your story is going to help somebody as well. I mean, this absolutely. is about forward. I, 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 oh, want well, people, I want people to have their parents and be a parent for, for as long as possible. Yeah. You know, one of the things that Corey and I did when we started this um, podcast in 2016 was that it will be a podcast about the stories that people have of using cannabis oil to treat their conditions. We don't do business interviews and we try and keep uh, the podcast simply limited to stories like yours of people who have used cannabis very successfully to deal with uh, some serious health issues. And we'll continue doing that as, uh, as long as we can. And I think your story will help inspire some other people to uh, start thinking about cannabis uh, mm-hmm. when they have a serious health issue. And uh, we're very appreciative of you being on the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion before we go? Yes, I, I do. Um, I just want everyone out there that's that's going through cancer um, to know that, you know, cannabis will help you fight the cancer and, you know, just, just take out all the doubt that you think, you know, and just know that this plant is, will help you, um, in this journey to fight and get through this and for live as, live as long as you can, as, as you possibly can. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? 
then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.